0: That should be a goal that each one of us has and each one of us pursues all our life. It's a challenging goal. It's not an easy goal. And sometimes we can mess up and slip up and backslide. But once we realize where we are, then we correct that and we get back on our journey towards our goal to being a man of faith. In Acts chapter 6, verse number 5, We're introduced to such a man, and really, I believe, such men. In Acts chapter 6, the church is still young. The church has just been established, and we're not too far into the history of the church when there's a problem. And the problem was that some of the widows were being ministered to better than others. The apostles, they said, look, we got our hands full, our hands are full, praying and preaching and, and, and doing that kind of ministry. And we, we can't do that. And that's one thing, you know, pastors can't do. They need to focus on what's really, you know, really important and what they're called to do, which is preach and pray. So they came up with the idea, or God led them, I is a better way of putting it, uh, to the idea of deacons. And in Acts chapter six, most preachers believe this is where deacons originated. And look at what it says about Stephen and these other men. It says, And the saying pleased the whole multitude. That is when they came up with the idea, Hey, we're going to appoint deacons and they're going to make sure that everybody is ministered to. All these ladies are are taken care of. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen. A man full of faith. And of the Holy Ghost. And Philip and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmaeus, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. What I want us to focus on here is where it says they chose Stephen, a man full of faith. What I hope to do tonight for all of us, myself included, is to inform you as to what a man of faith is and inspire you to try to be such a man you know like i said just a second ago we can all have goals we can all have dreams we can all have aspirations and all that's all that's very good and there's nothing wrong with pursuing uh, honorable goals and honorable dreams but we should all have a desire to be men of faith one of the highest compliments that you and i could ever be paid in this life would be for somebody who knows us to describe us As a man of faith. And that's attainable by every person in this room. Regardless of your personality. Whether you're outgoing. Or whether you're shy. Whether you have. You know. A high college degree. Or didn't even graduate from high school. Whether you make. A good amount of money. Or you're just scraping by. Every man in this room. Can be should be, and ought to be, a man of faith. It is, it is worth, it's worth pursuing. It's something that we need to be conscious of. It's something that we need to be aware of. It, it should be something that's our goal as we're going through life, to be a man of faith. So the, the question then is, what is faith? What, what, is, what, what is this kind of man that we want to be? Well, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I would say, and I would describe faith as just simply trusting God, trusting his word, and obeying his word. But to help you and help us to understand what faith is. I've got a, a number of definitions here and quotes that I'm going to share with you. The first one. True Bible faith is not blind optimism or manufactured hope-so feeling. Neither is it an intellectual assent to a doctrine. True Bible faith is confident obedience to God's word. In spite of circumstances and consequences. I think that's a Warren Wearsby quote. I didn't put who made these quotes, but if I remember correctly, that was him. True Bible faith is confident obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances and consequences. Let that sink in for a second. I mean, faith is is not a feeling, it's an action. Faith is simply doing what God tells you to do. And if you do what God tells you to do, you're a man of faith. If you don't do what God tells you to do, you're not a man of faith, but you need to work at it so you will be a man of faith. You know, God tells us to tithe. What if you don't tithe, you're not a man of faith. You know, So what what do you need to do? You you need to start trusting God and tithing and being obedient without any concern for the consequences. A second definition, biblical faith is not a vague hope grounded in imaginary wishful thinking. Instead, faith is a settled confidence that something in the future, something that is not yet seen but has been promised by God, will actually come to pass because God will bring it about. I think that's an accurate definition of faith. Just believing that what God said he is going to do, he is going to do. And you believe it. That's a man of faith. I like this definition. Faith is a kind of spiritual sixth sense that enables the believer to take a firm hold upon the unseen world and bring it into the realm of experience. Kind of a sixth sense. It's just something that you have that non-believers don't have. It's a trust in God. It's a belief in his word. It's a confidence in him. Biblical faith is not based on empirical evidence, but on divine assurance. If God's word says it, then that settles it. I, I believe it. You know, if God says he's coming again, then I believe he's coming again. If God says this is the kind of husband you ought to be, then that's the kind of husband you're going to work to be. Another one, faith is relying on what God has done rather than on, than on one's own efforts. A lot of men go through life and they work really hard. They're really diligent and they're, they're really uh, committed. But they're not thinking about God. It's commendable that they're working hard. It's it's commendable that that, that they're committed, but they're they're trusting in themselves. I can do this. I can achieve this. I can overcome this. I, I can make this happen. That's a man that may be achieving some things, but he's not a man of faith. Faith is relying on what God has done rather than on one's own efforts. And faith, lastly, is the hand that grasps. It's just trusting God. And, and, and then, then acting on it. You know, And if, if God says that you are, are to be a witness, you not only believe it, but then you do it. Now, the question I would ask if I weren't a Christian and I were in here, I would be asking an obvious question. I'd be asking, why is this so important? Why would I want to be a man of faith? If it takes some effort... Uh, if if it's going to cause me to exert some energy, I've got enough on my plate already. Why would I want to be interested in this? Why would I want to study it? Why would I want to make this happen? Well, Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 38, this is the couple verses before you get to Hebrews chapter 11. You know, Hebrews chapter 11 is the, the hall of fame of faith. Okay, but before you get to that, the book of Hebrews says this in verse number 38. Of the, of the preceding chapter. It says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. I, I want us to focus on that first phrase. Why is it so important that we live by faith? Because the just shall live by faith. It, it's so important to, to live by faith. Now here, let me give you some insights here. The secret of all living is living by faith. Faith is a Christian's vital principle. That is, that is why we are who we are and why we do what we do. Faith as a principle of living is intensely practical. Faith isn't just a feeling. Faith is practical. It is, and it's not a garment to be worn on Sundays, but on the ordinary workday garb, which we wear to... which is. A, a, which we are to wear in the farmyard and the field, in the shop, and in the marketplace. A man of faith is a man of faith, yes, on Sunday, but also on Saturday and on Monday at the workplace, in the community, with, with the neighbors, a man of faith is a man who lives by faith. It, it guides him. It motivates him. It encourages him. One of the things about faith is when you live by faith, one of the reasons you'd want to live by faith is because when you live by faith, you can avoid some of the, the negatives in life. Let, let me read this. This will explain it. The meaning and the connection in which it stands here, talking about the just shall live by faith, in accordance with the sense in which it is used in Habakkuk, this same quote is found in Habakkuk, is that the righteous should live by continued confidence in God. They should pass their lives not in doubt and fear and trembling apprehension, but in the exercise of a calm trust in God. A man that lives by faith will, in his faith, eliminate doubt, fear, and apprehension. That's no way to live. You know, I, I, I fully understand what it means to be living in doubt, to be living in fear, to be living in, in apprehension. That's, that's no way to live. And a man who lives by faith, a man of faith, is a man that's going to reduce and, and hopefully even eliminate fears and apprehensions and anxiety in his life it it's it's worth it to be a man of faith there are benefits to be a man of faith and again to reiterate all of us should be striving towards that i don't think there's a much higher compliment that any one of us could ever be paid than for those who know us to say that is a man of faith and they say, well, how would you know that? He said, because there, there's not a lot of apprehension in his life. There, there's not a lot of negativity in his life. There's not a lot of doubt. There's not a lot of fear. He's a positive individual. He is an upbeat individual. It doesn't mean that he lacks concern. It doesn't mean that he's carefree. But his general countenance is one of peace and, 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 and joy in his life. So one of the benefits of being a man of faith is avoiding negatives, but... On the flip side of that, it produces positives. I like this quote. It is the honorable character of just men that in the times of the greatest affliction, they can live by faith. They can live upon the assured persuasion they have of the truth of God's promises. Faith puts life and vigor into them. They can trust God and they live upon him and wait his time. And as their faith maintains their spiritual life now, it shall be crowned with eternal life hereafter. It says faith puts life and vigor into them. It's it's just a man of faith is just going to be living life on a higher plane. You see so many men going through life with, with drama and problems and heartache and heartbreak. But a man of faith, there's just something different about him. It's a man who, through his faith, is avoiding the negatives, but he is experiencing the positives in his life. So it is worth, it's worth pursuing. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven twenty four 24, in that hall of fame of faith, by faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. There's a man that's living by faith there there is a man that is trusting god you know here he is a hebrew child and uh, the the male children were all threatened with their lives and his mom puts him in a basket and puts him in the water and he's found by pharaoh's daughter and you know by today's standards people would say man that was one lucky dude you know of all the people that went he didn't not only did he not drown but he was found by the, the pharaoh's daughter you know, brought into the palace and given the finest clothing and eating the finest foods and he's pampered. And, you know, again, by today's standards, unsaved people say, man, that's a lucky guy. And he did experience living in the palace. But he learned about God, the true God. His people's God. God God arranged it where he was taken care of and was informed about who he was and what his faith was. And by faith, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. No, I'm going with the slaves. Can you imagine? He's got a choice between the palace and slavery. And he said, those are my people. Now, He didn't go with them based upon that's the obvious choice. (laughs) You know, I mean, if your human rationale and reason would say, hey, stay right where you are. And, you know, they got what they deserve, but you've been blessed. You just stay right where you are. You know, human reason would never say, you know, let me weigh this thing out. Would I be better in the king's and Pharaoh's palace or would I be better with, with these poor, wretched slaves? I think I'll go with the slaves. The only way he makes a decision like that is faith, faith, belief, belief in the Jehovah God, Uh, a belief in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, hearing it and believing it. That's the only way a man like him is going to do what he did. And from there, it just skyrocketed. God calls him to lead those people. God calls them to stand before Pharaoh and say, let my people go. He, he, he witnesses miracles. He's standing there at the Red Sea, and he sees the Red Sea part, and he, they walk across on dry ground, and then the water comes back over and encompasses Pharaoh and his army, and he sees the miracles of God. That's the kind of life that a man of faith lives, a man of faith lives does things and sees things and experiences things that a man of faith would never experience. There's great blessings to be a man of faith. There's the practical blessings, you know, just growing as a husband, growing as a father, growing as a son, growing just as as a Christian. And experiencing life on a higher plane that people that don't know any better are down wallowing in the mud while men of faith are walking on the mountaintops. It should be our desire to be a man of faith. Not saying it's easy. Not saying it's not without its battles and its disappointments. You know, the, the, the whole life of, of sanctification. Sanctification is growing in the Lord, growing to be like Jesus. We're all... Part of, uh, God wants us to be a part of that process, and it's a lifetime process. And we'll get to that in a second. But we should aspire to be a man of faith. This, this world needs more men of faith. Wives need a husband that's a man of faith. Children need a father that's a man of, of faith. The workplace needs men of faith, men of stability. A man of faith is going to have good character. He's going to have good ethics. He's going to have integrity about him. He, he, he's, going to have, he's going to be walking with God. He's going to experience the power of God on his life. Oh, there's so much good to be a man of faith. I want to be a man of faith. I, I have not arrived. You, we, we never graduate from the College of Sanctification you, you never gra- until, until you go to heaven, and then that's your graduation. But here on this earth, you never arrive. There's always room to grow. This community needs men of faith. The more men of faith this community has, the better this community will be. The more men of faith this nation has, the better this nation will be. For your family to be blessed with a, with a man who is a man of faith, it, it doesn't get any better than that. So that leads us to the question then, how do you become? A man of faith. Well, let's use kind of an analogy of what it's like to grow up physically, okay, and and mentally. You know, you start off as a baby, you become a toddler, and then a kid, then a teenager, then a young adult, and on and on it goes. We're familiar with the stages of our physical growth, and you can kind of use that as a picture. Of, of how you grow spiritually, how you grow to be a man of faith. Because, because it doesn't, as we're going to see in a second, it doesn't happen by accident. Okay, the, the, the Bible says that when you get saved, the Bible told the Corinthians, it said of the Corinthians they were, they were babes in Christ, they were infants. You know, when you get saved, you're not all of a sudden a man of faith. No, you're a baby in Christ. There's a lot of growing to be done. Now, the question is, how can we grow so that you can be that man of faith, so you can walk on that, that higher plane and experience uh, the, the fulfillment of serving God? Well, again, comparing that to growing up, seven things. In order to grow as a man of faith, we need to eat. In other words, we need to partake of the Bible. You need to be daily in your Bible. I highly recommend doing it in the mornings. Can you do it at night? Sure, you can do it anytime. I just highly recommend that you you do it in the mornings. I love my mornings. My mornings are the fastest part of my day. And I I get up early, except for last night. Last night, I went to bed about the time I usually get up. I was watching the results. And you know, with the time change, with the time change, you know, 9 o'clock seems like midnight, right? seemed like midnight. So about 9 o'clock last night, I thought, I'm going to bed. I'm not going to stay up and watch this. And then I turned it over to Fox News, and the hook went in. They had me. And I started watching. Then I think, then it started getting, I thought, okay, this isn't looking good. And then, I thought, well, this is interesting. This is very interesting. You know, about, I said, I'm going to go to bed at midnight. And it got more interesting. Went to bed at 3.30 this morning. What did that have to do with anything we 're talking about here i don 't know i don't even remember in order to, I, but actually i 'm feeling pretty good tonight, except for this cold in order to grow, we need to eat we need to, oh, I know it was we uh, the Bible, we need to read the Bible we need we need the mornings. I, I do normally get up early on average between four and five o'clock, and I love that part of the day because i 'm not getting phone calls i 'm not getting text messages, not getting emails, and I can sit at my lazy boy in my living room. With my Bible and it 's just heaven on earth for a little while and th- that 's critical if I want to be a man of faith and I want to be a man of faith, then you know I got to have the self discipline to to do that and now some mornings i 'll miss it i mean if if you if you try to have your daily devotions let 's just be real there 's going to be some time something's going to happen you know, you're going to miss it. That's okay. That's not the end of the world. I miss it some days too. But most days I don't. Most days I'm there. And that's that's how God works through his word to help me to be a man of faith. In order to grow, we need to breathe. Let's consider prayer, our breath, praying to God. That's another thing I do early in the morning. No distractions. You need to pray. You need to have a time of, of Bible reading, a time of prayer. Number three, in order to grow, we need good spiritual hygiene. We need to confess our sins. Oh, that's not fun. We're proud. We don't like to acknowledge that we've got this sin that we're battling. But it's what we need to do. That's good spiritual hygiene, the confession of sin. Number four, in order to grow, we need a caring family. That would be fellowship. We're talking about a church family here. You need to have church friends. You need to develop good church friends. They will help you to be men of faith. There are men in this room that have positively influenced me. And I am grateful to their influence. They inspire me. They teach me things. They encourage me. They motivate me. In order to grow, we need regular exercise. And that would be our involvement in ministry and our serving. These are things you have to do. You just don't automatically become a mature Christian when you're born born again. And the Bible clearly teaches us that. In order to grow, we need protection. We have to be protected from temptation. We need to avoid temptation. In order to grow, we need to give. We need to be stewards. That is a major theme of the Bible. That is a major theme of the Bible, that God's people, God's men, be generous. God's men be giving. So, again, very important for us to understand There's nothing that could be said of you, there there can't be a greater compliment of you than for somebody to say of you, he's a man of faith. And you're a man of faith not because you're better than everybody else, not because you're smarter than everybody else, not because you're, quote, lucky. No, it's because you understand these seven things. Any man of faith I've ever known is a man that practices these things. Any man that struggles in his faith and he stays a baby in, in his faith is messing up on these seven things. And again, don't think you can't do it. You, you don't have to have a certain income level. You don't have to have a certain personality. You don't have to have a certain uh, degree in education. You, know, you just have to have a willing heart and love for the Lord. And you can be a man of faith and experience the the blessings that come to yourself and the blessings that come to others because you're a man of faith. So let's conclude with these three very important uh, considerations about being uh, a man of faith. Number one, and I've alluded to these already, but number one, spiritual maturity doesn't happen automatically. There is no shortcut to spiritual growth. There's no pill you can take today that's going to make you a man of faith tomorrow. It takes time. It takes an intentional pursuit. It won't come automatically or quickly. So be patient. It is a marathon. It is not a sprint. In a marathon, you're going to go through times when what do they say, brother Bob? The bear hops on your back or something like that. You. You already hit the, hit the wall, you know, and you got to just go through it, right? You just, you just keep going. Brother, Brother Bob was a distance runner in, in, in college, cross country. And again, like he said, sometimes they, they have a word for it. When you're going along and all of a sudden it gets really hard, you hit the wall. And that's going to be true in your spiritual walk, too. I mean, you, almost any Bible character you can think of, you know, they go through periods of, of struggle. So understand, it just doesn't happen automatically. The, the other thing, you're, you, you've got to put forth the effort. So number two, spiritual maturity won't happen without discipline. Is physical fitness automatic? One of the other things I do in the morning is, is get on the treadmill. That is not a fun thing to do. That is not the thing I look forward to every day, getting on that treadmill. It is monotonous and it, it, it wears you out. And I mean, I'm I'm telling you guys, that's the longest five minutes of my life being on that treadmill. I mean, that, (laughs) you think, is that five minutes ever going to (laughs) end? No, I do a little more than that. But, uh, you know, you, you got to just, you, you know, it's good for you. And you know that the older you get, the more important it is. And so it just takes self-discipline because there, there's nothing about it that's just, you know, fun or appealing or satisfying. So physical fitness isn't automatic, and neither is spiritual fitness. It takes time. It takes trouble. It takes work. You know, you've you got to be disciplined to be here for Sunday school. You were disciplined to be here tonight. I, I commend you for that. You're showing discipline. It'd be easy. You know, it gets dark earlier now. probably would have been real easy just to stay at home. Let me tell you this. You are taking a step forward in your spiritual fitness that those who, for lesser reasons, did not come tonight, I guarantee you they're not moving forward in their spiritual fitness. You know, and I agree. I know sometimes people are sick and things come up. Sometimes people have to work. I'm, I'm not talking about those people. But I'm talking about people that, you know, could be at church, should be at church, but nah, I just don't feel like it tonight. You know, they're not taking a step forward in their spiritual fitness. But you are tonight. So understand, spiritual maturity doesn't happen automatically. Spiritual maturity won't happen without discipline. And lastly tonight, spiritual maturity doesn't happen quickly. It doesn't happen quickly. There's no shortcut. You know, it takes 15 years to go from being, you know, born to being a 15-year-old. You don't get there overnight. It it doesn't happen quickly. We have to understand that. There's no instant pill that that you can be given to to help you be spiritually mature tomorrow. It it takes time. It takes intentional pursuit. So be patient because there's going to be bumps along the way. You know, my experience in 40 years of ministry is that every now and then you're going to mess up. And nobody's going to be more disappointed in you than you. But you can't, you can't throw in the towel. You, you can't quit. You have to go through the wall, as Brother Bob just said. You just have to go through it. You know, you, you, you got enemies. You, you've got potent in, You and I have very powerful enemies. The world, Satan, our flesh. I mean, the opposition is, is, is there, and it's, it's, they're, they're, it's powerful. So, you know, don't be surprised if it takes longer than what you would like, and it's harder than what you thought. You know, you, you, you hang in there. Uh, you know a, a a seasoned sailor you know doesn't become a seasoned sailor after one trip it takes him a while a lot of experiences a lot of difficulties a lot of learning a lot of training a lot of of overcoming and that's true of us as well so fellas my encouragement to all of us tonight is to be men of faith i mean it's it's one thing to see You know, you got got these worldwide figures, you got your Obamas, you got your Trumps, and you got these people. But let me tell you, it's more notable to just be a man of faith living up here in northern Michigan, a true man of faith. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's word. If you have any questions about Myo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.